This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There's more to the story than just postpartum depression. And this podcast aims to share it all from personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Welcome to the Mom in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On our episode today, Dr. Elliot Berlin joins us, and he hasn't been with us since 2018 was the first time he was on this podcast. So he's coming on now to share a bit more about what else he is offering in his informed pregnancy plus world, but also the really cool work he does in perinatal chiropractic care, both in pregnancy and in labor, which is just so fascinating. And you can hear, he knows what he's talking about. He knows how to help people. And there's just so much that our body does and goes through to support pregnancy and to support birth that his goal really is to help people have optimal health. And he has extensive experience in the care of women during pregnancy and after pregnancy and is really dedicated to helping new and expectant mothers achieve that optimal health and comfort during the special time of pregnancy and birth. Dr. Berlin uses a unique variety of techniques and specialized equipment and is really committed to providing the highest quality of care to his patients. And although he is located in Los Angeles, his platform is available everywhere. He is the founder of Informed Pregnancy Project, which includes popular Informed Pregnancy podcast, Informed Pregnancy blog, and the new streaming service Informed Pregnancy Plus. So he drops some gems for us today, including how important it is to have information to make those informed decisions in your pregnancy and birth journey. And that is a lot of why he has created the platform that he has. So let's get into it and meet Dr. Berlin. Welcome, Dr. Berlin. Thank you so much for being with us again. It's been years since 2018, the first time you came on, and I'm excited to have you back on and for you to let us know what you've been up to. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be back here. Uh, yeah, that was like a different world ago. <laughs> right. The world has changed. Uh-huh. It broke for a minute, and now we're trying to recover. Yeah. What have I been up to? I mean, the pandemic changed a lot, I think, in the birth world, at least here locally. Right. People really had to think 
a lot more deeply instead of just go on the conveyor belt of birth life, you know, and where do I really want to have this baby? I, I think the overwhelming majority always just assume it'll be at a hospital, but when the hospital is the epicenter of the global pandemic, and that's where all the people with this unknown dangerous seeming virus is, they may not right. want to go birth there, right. have their newborn there. You can't bring people in there. You have to you know, mask up in there during your whole birth. Mm -hmm. And for me, in my world, I think what a lot of people have started to do is question, is that really what I want to do? So right. I saw a lot of people all of a sudden making the choice to out of hospital birth, many of right. them not really out of hospital birthers at that moment, not hospital birthers. And so some of them really went to a big cast of characters around them. And I ended up running to a lot of births in mostly at nighttime. So right. the office was also very busy. I got COVID right away. And then... Oh my gosh. I, as unfun as that was in the ICU and whatnot, I recovered, thankfully. And then I was the guy who had COVID and wasn't going to get it again anytime soon. So people were really comfortable coming in for wellness care. So I got real busy at the office. I got real busy running to birth at nighttime. And, you know, I got to sort of experience uh, support in a whole different way. And, and I learned a lot. And I'm, st I'm always learning. But been, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Wow, that is so interesting, too, that, that part where since you had COVID. And that, now that you say that, I do remember Alyssa, your your wife, the other Dr. Berlin, posting something about it. And it was like, I remember at that time just how scary things were. And uh, seeing that that was happening for you was, I'm sure, terrifying at the time. And Yeah, it was deal. March 2020. We were just getting COVID tests. You can only get one if you were like really in bad shape mm -hmm. and i got one and i'm like uh-oh <laughs> i'm in bad shape even in the hospital there was a three-day turnaround time on those tests it wasn't like where you could just you know drop a little drop on there and know in yeah. 15 minutes yeah, yeah. i was diagnosed very quickly with a chest x-ray they could just see the destruction of my lungs wow. so wow. it wasn't confirmed until three days later i deteriorated pretty quickly Mm -hmm. I got rushed into the ICU. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And then one day it just got better. I think I, maybe I started watching Tiger King on Netflix. <laughs> the cure all. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I was like, you know what? I'm in bad shape, but it could be worse. I could be Joe Exotic. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and now you're better. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. I have full recovery. No long COVID symptoms. A few years later, I've never gotten COVID again. And I think my immune system is stronger in general. I don't That's really wild. get the other viruses very often. So uh, I oh, feel gosh. good and I feel blessed and lucky. Yeah. So glad you made it through. And I guess the bright-ish side of that is that you could go and help people when nobody could really go help people. Yeah. I cannot say how awful I felt for the couple whose house I went to <laughs> probably a day or two before I went to the hospital. Mm. And you know, again, it was a very unknown. She was nine months pregnant, didn't want to go out and come to the office. I made the offer. I'm like, well, I can come to you. And then I was feeling great. And then it just turned very quickly. And the terror of having to call that person and say, I don't know, you know, I have COVID and I'm going to the hospital, you know, and they were so kind. And so, you know, they're panicked for themselves but just empathetic to what I was going through, mm -hmm. even empathetic to me having to make that phone call. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's awesome. Those are the uh, kind of people a, you want around. 
amazing humans and mm-hmm. thankfully they had a great birth nobody got covered in that oh. in that house and i was careful i followed all the protocols but that kind of stuff was terrifying mm-hmm. what a rough time i was just thinking about you going to do house calls and certainly the work that you do in your office i don't think people are familiar or a lot of people are beginning to understand what a chiropractor does for pregnant and postpartum folks most people when they hear chiropractor they just think of bones cracking up and down and that's it. So what were you doing for folks in home and in general, what is it that you do? Dr. Cat, have you seen Monsters, Inc.? Yes. And you know how the monsters thrive on the children's screams? (laughs) Uh (laughs) I think some of us chiropractors... Thrive on that cracking noise your body makes. <laughs> you like make the noise, make the like noise. Night sweats, dreaming about it. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, look, to go back a tiny bit, I think of chiropractic as the WD forty of the skeletal system, and I see myself as the WD forty of the musculoskeletal system. Mm. WD forty in the sense that where things are stiff, tight, restricted, not moving well, it's our job to. Re- overcome that restriction is restore normal motion and function, right? There's another part of the musculoskeletal health and wellness system that is duct tape. That is things that are too unstable or not weak and need to be strengthened and stabilized. And I see that more like physical therapy and and personal trainers or Pilates. Like we, There's a lot of overlap in what we do, but that's how I kind of see my role. I'm WD-40. And then the reason I say musculoskeletal is because I fell in love with the combination of chiropractic and massage and what they can do together. So I Mm -hmm. went to school for both separately. Mm -hmm. I combined them together. Mm -hmm. And we do this weird session called chirosage where it's partially addressing the muscle system and that would include also tendons and fascia any tissue that can become dysfunctionally short stiff tight and rigid and uh, the remedy is massage we get in there and massage them out we can use massage diagnostically to find those areas and therapeutically to release those areas and try to restore normal length and normal tone to those overly tight and stiff regions then we look at the spine and pelvis in particular and any joints in general where the two bones come together there's supposed to be motion around the joint between the bones. And if it becomes restricted or completely locked up, then we do chiropractic adjustments to release that restriction, restore motion between the bones around the joint. And when we do it to both the muscular and the skeletal system, there's not two separate systems in the body. It's a deeply intertwined musculoskeletal system. When we attack it from both sides, we usually get really profound releases that last for a while. You don't have to do it every few days. And overall, that kind of creates a more functional system for anybody who has Mm -hmm. tightness and restriction and the symptoms and sort of diseases that come from that. During pregnancy in particular, some people just come for that like they normally do for wellness checkups periodically. Some people come because they're having specific issues. Headaches are common during pregnancy. Jaw issues sometimes come up during pregnancy. Upper back, mid-back, low back, ribs start to get compressed. Pelvic issues like sciatica in the back or pubic Mm -hmm. symphysis in the front. That was me. I have oh, you that. got the pubic oh, symptoms? Oh, horrible. Oh, that doesn't seem comfortable at all. Nope. And they're, oftentimes those come from restrictions, you know, and sometimes they're new restrictions as a result of things in the pregnancy, the baby compressing things or pulling on things, the change in sleep position, the change in center of gravity, just the body changes in, in general, everything's starting to pull forward on you and down. And some of them are caused by other things, but to the extent that you have that tightness and stiffness and restriction, and, and some of them are pre-pregnancy, and you mm-hmm. just 
they don't bother you because your body can accommodate that. But now that it's being put through the strain of pregnancy, it kind of highlights them. Either way, to the extent restriction is involved, we can come in, find it, release it, and help you feel better, help your body better accommodate the growth of pregnancy, the added strain in the later stages of pregnancy. But also, the pelvis is not just a big, solid bone. It's a bunch of bones connected by soft tissue. ligaments and cartilage. And as that kind of structure, it can expand and contract in different directions. Mm -hmm. And uh, as your baby's trying to find a good position and kind of wiggle down, your body should be able to accommodate or even facilitate those movements. But if where those pelvic bones come together, there's not a whole lot of function, it's stuck, or the soft tissues in that area are just tight like a belt squeezing too hard on the area, then your body may not be able to accommodate the movement very well, maybe just be resisting the movement. And so if a baby's in a tight space and there's not much mobility, could the baby get head down, let's say, towards the end of the pregnancy Mm -hmm. or rotate into an ideal position where the skull is against the soft tissue of the belly and not against the hard tissue of the spine or even move through and come through the other side with, you know, as the wider parts are trying to come through and Mm. at the end during pushing. So those are all things that we would try to create as functional of a a system as we could towards the end of pregnancy and sometimes then even during labor. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I want to get to that, the during labor part too. Um, Before we go there... What are some of the common issues that bring people into you? Like, 
I'm sure there's more than one, but what are people's like primary complaints? Most common thing we see during pregnancy is sciatica. And it's not necessarily, it's not usually classical sciatica. So sciatica is irritation of the sciatic nerve. Mm -hmm. Sciatic nerve starts in the bottom three nerve roots. So between every two vertebrae, there's a nerve root that comes out on the right and one on the left, and they serve different parts of the body. Some of them are sensory function that are bring information from your body to your brain. Some of them are motor function, which should bring information from your brain to move your body. But between every two vertebrae, there is a nerve root, and it has a, a number based on what level it is in the spine. The bottom three nerve roots come together, and they merge together to form this thick, fat, long nerve that goes all the way down the leg into the foot, and it is the sciatic nerve. So sciatica is irritation of the sciatic nerve. It could take place anywhere along the course of that nerve all the way down the leg. The, the classic sciatica that you hear about, like pain or numbness tingling radiating all the way down the leg is when the nerve roots are getting pinched where oh, the nerve sure. starts in the lower back. And that sometimes happens during pregnancy too, or it's a pre-existing condition, uh, condition that gets worse with the pregnancy. But more commonly is sciatica of pregnancy where it's not the nerve root getting compressed, it's deeper. So when that nerve, mm -hmm. those three come together, it goes deep into the body. And then it comes back towards the surface in the upper outer gluteal area. And underneath the layers of gluteal muscle, you have this piriformis muscle. And when you, especially let's say you're not a side sleeper, now all of a sudden you're sleeping on your side or you are a side sleeper, but now there's a lot more pressure building up on that hip and it just gets tighter and tighter, that piriformis muscle runs off that hip that's getting angry across mm -hmm. to the back of the pelvis with the sacrum. And the piriformis muscle, the sciatic nerve is right underneath it. So the tighter and tighter and tighter that gets, the more likely it is to start compressing the outer bundle of the sciatic nerve. And so that doesn't radiate down the leg. It just hurts really uncomfortably in the upper outer glute and sometimes radiates down a few inches or more, but it, like not past the knee. And that's the most common thing that uh, people come into the office with who are not really chiropractic fans, never been before, <laughs> but they get really uncomfortable and they're like, oh, my doctor said I should give this a try, or my friend said I should give this try, or my doula, my midwife. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm of the chiropractic philosophy that if I work on you three or four times, if I find what I think is causing it, work on you three or four times, and you're not seeing a sizable improvement, we're not going to just keep doing the same thing over and over again for the rest of the year. Nice. So uh, usually we'll, we'll see improvement. It responds really well to that combination of massage and chiropractic adjustments. If they're not making improvements, we either switch modalities, maybe do acupuncture or something else, or generally, not during pregnancy specifically, but generally at that point, we'd want to see some imaging to make sure we're not missing anything. Mm -hmm. So sadica is the number one for sure. Yeah. Gosh, right. There's so much going on down there. <laughs> it's, it's sort of amazing that some people don't have pain. I imagine it's more frequent to have pain with pressure and all those things jostling for position. Uh, pressure for sure. But I think my favorite quote, and I hear it a lot, is, gosh, I wish I started coming to you earlier. Sometimes like last pregnancy or two pregnancies ago or earlier in my first pregnancy. Because there was a lot you can do. But look, the body is meant to do that, right? The female body is built to be able to accommodate all the elements of pregnancy the growth through the different trimesters, positioning, birthing, making food for the child. I mean, it's really an incredible machine and it's made to do that. So you wouldn't think that it's 
incredibly common to feel broken during pregnancy or normal. And I would say it's probably not normal. It's just common. And when you start to tune up on the body from all the things that we do to our bodies that other animals don't do. Like sit all day. They don't. I've never seen an elephant sitting by a computer. (laughs) Not once. Or tapping on the cell phone with that big poof. Nope. (laughs) So we do all sorts of things to our bodies that are not Uh ideal for function, musculoskeletal function. And, you know, my favorite thing is when somebody comes in also before they get pregnant saying, hey, how can I get my body ready for a pregnancy? There's a lot we can do before Mm -hmm. the baby's in there. And then Mm -hmm. once the baby's in there, we're a lot more limited. Like I can't work anything in that region, the core muscles, the psoas, the hip flexors Mm -hmm. uh, that that are under the baby. So when we do that, usually pregnancy goes pretty well. If we're able to get started on the right foot and then do some maintenance periodically throughout. I have so many patients. I have a patient right now. She's going to do podcast with us also she's 47 i think and having her first baby and she feels amazing she has so much energy and power and she feels great and she's like why do people keep treating like i'm i'm over the hill i'm like i was like okay come talk to me share this energy why are you Mm -hmm. feeling so good you know and then she's had a lot of life at 47 she's all sorts of different physical stress emotional stress spiritual Mm -hmm. stress but she feels great and i think most people can it just takes some work. That's amazing. So when you're working with, it sounds like from what you just said, there are during pregnancy, there are things that you can't do in terms of body work. But what happens during, what kinds of adjusting, what kind of support are you giving during birth? Yeah. So mostly I'm making jokes, but only for people who (laughs) want jokes. To answer this, I'll go back to how it all started. We do a lot of work for positioning before a baby's born. Mm. People come in oftentimes with a breech baby towards the end of pregnancy. We don't physically try to turn the baby or anything like that. Our premise is that babies generally want to be head down at the end of pregnancy. And if they're not going there, there's a reason for it. It could be structural, could be functional, could be a combination of both. On the structural side, Placenta could be annoyed. The cord could be short. The cord could be wrapped around the baby funny. Your placenta can have a variant shape. Uterus can have a variant shape that's not really conducive to head down. The fluid could be on that range. The amniotic fluid index of, let's say, 7 to 25 is normal. It's a huge range. But when you're 7, 8, 9, 10, even though it's normal and healthy, it's not so much room. The baby might really be stuck. And when you're Mm. up to like 20, 22, there's so much room. The baby may not be running out of space and can just flip flop until, you know, after 40 weeks. So... I can't change any of those structural things, but functionally, the low back, hips, and pelvis are supposed to be very relaxed, loose, and open. When the baby runs out of room, they're supposed to really want to go down into the pelvis as the most uh, comfortable fit for a typically shaped baby and a typically shaped womb. But if there's a lot of tightness and restriction in that region, then it's very plausible that underneath the rib cage will be more accommodating. Mm. And that the baby will want to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the incentive might not to be go down, but to go up. And if the baby's trying, as I mentioned earlier, if the pelvis is really restricted, it may not be able to accommodate the movement. So all that WD-40 for the low back, hips, and pelvis, that's all we do. We don't try to force the baby, move the baby. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll sing them a little lullaby, but that's about it. And then, I, you know, a lot of times it'll turn. Uh, sometimes it won't turn. Sometimes it'll just prep them for a better external version if they're going to have a doctor try to turn the baby manually. And sometimes it just, uh, especially here in Los Angeles, we still have the option for vaginal breech delivery. If they're going to do that, we certainly want the most WD-40 pelvis we can uh, create for breech, but also for vaginal birth in general. So that's a lot of people are coming in just for that. 
you know, for either positioning or labor preparation, help me have a functional body going to birth. So uh, I, I assume that this this would be helpful even if there aren't specific pains. You're going for optimal, even optimal if there's function. not. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, taking so, away restriction, restoring motion, restoring normal length and tone to the soft tissues, going in with the best functioning machine you can mm -hmm. for this uh, marathon event. Right. So I think that's important for people to know in general for mental health and physical health is that you don't have to be suffering to get help. Like don't wait that long uh, for sure. So but well, either I, I not, generally try to not wait till my engine is smoking to change the oil. That I think it's just so important for that point to get very clearly across that you people could come and see you and seek your services without feeling like they're dying inside. Yeah, just for a checkup and a maintenance visit. Yeah, we That's do that awesome. all the time, uh, especially with kids. We do that a lot, too. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah, newborns all the way up to uh, adolescents, you know, a newborn with no symptoms. We'll check them four times a year as they shortly after birth. And then as they kind of lift their head up, arch their back, start to walk and crawl, start to fall, just to make sure everything's like doing great. And sometimes there's no, no adjustment to do. It's just a checkup. So for people who are freaked out by the cracking sound that you love so much, uh, <laughs> um, what does that look like for babies? I'm jumping yeah, we don't... around a bit. We'll get back to birth, but yeah, <laughs> what happens? Uh, yeah, it's not like we grab the newborn's neck and just, you know, yeah. babies don't have all the muscular tension for the most part and life stress that keeps things rigidly locked in place. Mm -hmm. So the most common on a newborn, the most common adjustment I would use is called the sustained contact, where you really just kind of put your finger on the restricted vertebra mm -hmm. and hold a light pressure for 60 seconds, maybe two minutes, and it just slides back into place like butter. And it's so powerful for them because when it's off, it causes a significant irritation. And when that irritation is gone, it's like night and day. So right. when there is a, an issue, like they'll only feed on one side and not the other side, or their head is tilted like they're eating a taco, or will only turn to one side, or they're excessively fussy and irritable, they can't sleep well, they don't digest well. Those are all things that respond well to newborn infant chiropractic, and it's a very gentle but powerful modality for them. No cracking. No cracking, right. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. 
Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, I think for a lot of parents who are stressed out and their babies are having digestive issues or crying a lot and seem uncomfortable, I for sure recommend them to go to infant chiropractic. I think my mother's still dealing with that. (laughs) You need a good adjustment. (laughs) Yes, you're kind. (laughs) Okay, so that is, I think, in some ways a whole other topic, just um, supporting babies and, and kids. But coming back to... Birth. Birth, yeah. First, try and... If people can come in before they need need to, getting them giving them enough time to get into optimal health. And then, yeah, what happens in birth? What How do you support people? So the first time I went to a birth that wasn't my own wife and child was a midwife called me. I remember it was a Sunday, probably like 10 years ago. And I was in Petco and I was trying very hard not to buy the skinny pig for my children. And she says, hey, you know how you do those manipulations for babies when they're breech and sometimes they turn? What would you do for a posterior baby, like a baby whose skull is against the mom's spine and not against the belly? And which is not ideal for labor. And I said I would do the same basic thing. I'm WD-40. I would just come in, look for restriction, get rid of it. So she's like, oh, great. I have a client for you. And I'm like, oh, cool. I have an opening on Tuesday. And she's like, no, 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 no. I have a client for you right now. You know, and this mom had been in labor for over 24 hours, stuck at like eight or nine centimeters for eight or nine hours and running out of options was a home birth. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll come over. (laughs) And it was the most bizarre thing ever. I go over there. They're in this uh, like Santa Monica beach house and they I'm walking into a birth of people I've never met in my whole life. And what made it a little weirder was nobody told me they were filming for a documentary. So there are like six <laughs> cameras like spaced around That's the room. That's a wild, like a heads up would have been useful. Would have been very nice. I'm in there. Like I can't even focus on her because I'm like, how does my balding spot look? Like? <laughs> You know, (laughs) and then she's high as a kite on her own drugs. There's like a a massive oxytocin feel in the room and endorphins and adrenaline. And I'm trying to explain to her, like, I'm WD-40. I'm going to come in here, look for tight muscles and massage them out and and restricted joints and adjust them for you. You know, is that okay? I'm asking for informed consent. And she just looks at me and she's like, I love you, Mr. Berlin. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, again, (laughs) all these people, all these cameras. I'm like, does anybody know if that... You know, counts for informed consent. Um, 
<laughs> and it was just a, a weird experience, but she was lovely to work with, and she re- was extremely receptive to the body work. I probably did about two hours of body work, and she was wow. real tight. I don't know if she started that way or if the posterior labor kind of tightened everything up, but it was real tight, and you can feel it releasing and releasing, and mm-hmm. she was getting tired while it was releasing, and mm-hmm. she was kind of up on all fours, and then she would come down onto her side, and there was just a moment in time where she cussed, and she said, oh, yep. and I think you just saved my birth and she just felt the baby clunk into place and a half an hour 40 minutes later the baby was out and cool it was really powerful you know weird but powerful for me <laughs> and i started getting other phone calls hey um you know we got this mom who's having back labor can you come help out with your body work or this and that and i just ended up in a few different birth situations that made me uncomfortable like i got left alone with somebody in a birth also who i had never met before and yeah. things started to pick up in her labor and left alone because she was at a home birth and it also was very long she had no doula the midwife and midwife assistant had been with her nonstop and just went to take a rest when i got there the guy who i thought was her husband he's like are you berlin i'm like yeah and he's like oh good i'm gonna go get some smokes and i never (laughs) saw him again so we're just laboring me in this moment and things start picking up and she looks back at me like hey say something useful and i'm like i don't know i just rub things and crack stuff like i'm not sure you know what to say so i got the sense like i should have better tools for just being in that environment Mm -hmm. and so i thought maybe i should take doula training and my wife was a psychologist says you know also she had clients who were like i need your presence to help me you know in labor especially if someone's ocd and going to the hospital or has like specialized doula needs sort of speak right yep so we did our doula training together and part of the doula training is you have to do births as a doula Mm -hmm. so i started doing births as a doula just for my requirements and then people are like hey can you come to my birth mostly you know for my hands i don't there's not too many people are like i need that big hairy man jew in the room (laughs) while i give birth but the hands is what there has to have been one person who requested who said that (laughs) so um i mean yeah i was at a birth one time where i was the doula and the doctor was male the husband was male the baby was male and what we could never have predicted was the nurse was the only male nurse at uh, that hospital and i just at one point i looked at her and i'm like hey do you want me to get one of my female doula colleagues so you have some like women support in here and she's like no way she's like dr b i've never felt more feminine in my whole life around all these guys taking care of me and you know that's what worked for her it's definitely not right for everybody but over time being at birth and having the doula tools and the chiropractic tools and the massage tools you know i can use my hands i can use body work i can use sometimes you know just a little confidence building in terms of speech and breath work and help someone feel calm and relaxed and be able to surrender to the intensity that's going on and have a better birth experience that's super cool I mean, they're not, you're a bit of a unicorn. Yeah, I know. I know this to be true. I know maybe four other male doulas and each one has a story. It's Mm -hmm. not like we're like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I'll be a doula. Well, I mean, to have all of the skills and tools that you have in one is pretty amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's really cool. It makes me feel like there should be more people who have all of those skills and tools at the same time. Yeah. One day in my free time, I'll teach what I know. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, the Dr. Berlin's uh, certification on, on doing it all. My method. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really amazing. Okay, so the birth support is really, there's so many things you describe that you're doing in there. So when, when people ask you to come to a birth, are they like sort of hiring you as a doula or well, you just, uh, they just get whatever they need? <laughs> well, they, it started as a doula. And then because I was doing those births for the certification process and then it just kind of got out of control and i was because i'm at the office all day seeing patients right. and i couldn't be in two places at once and i tried to retire from birth work and especially people who i was at their first birth and they were pregnant again they're like no you a uh, yeah. if you wanted to retire you need to tell me before i got pregnant again you're coming <laughs> to my birth so right. i switched it and i did just body work for birth like mm -hmm. by the hour or just mm -hmm. come if you wanted me and for however long you wanted me and then mm -hmm. kick me out and that was really cool, too, because I got to work side by side with some of the most amazing doulas and really learn from them and see their magic. And so that was cool. But then I was more of the just bodywork person. And if they didn't have a doula, then I might serve both roles for the time I was there. But it, it was more limited. I wasn't just running out for 15 hours at a time, right. you know. And then uh, after the pandemic, I got so busy with the birth work and then I burned out. So I've been off of birth work for about eight months, mm -hmm. an occasional rare exception. Sure. You're also doing a lot of other things. You have the Informed Pregnancy podcast plus, plus, plus uh, many things, <laughs> uh, Informed Pregnancy. But before I do want to talk about podcasts and the other things that you offer, can you Talk about this idea of informed pregnancy and choices and being informed. Yeah, it's definitely a lifelong lesson for me. I'm a student of life in general, but, you know, I know that when I started as a chiropractor and I'm like, ah, oh, I can help people in so many different ways. And somebody comes in, and you're like, I can help you and I want to help you. And I'm like, yeah, but uh, none of those adjustments, please. And I'm like, what? Don't handcuff me. Let me do it. I, it's good for you. It's going to be great. You know, and I think a lot of times practitioners are like that. I, I know what's good for you and you got to do it. But over time, I learned I know a lot, but I don't know you as well as you know you. And also you have like a billion sensors that I don't have. So I'm constantly learning what, you know, trying to learn how to be a better doctor. I think that in healthcare in general and medical care, in particular, and obstetric care in extra particular, there's a lot of decisions and to make. And there's a lot of different things that, that will happen to you. And if you're aware of options and pros and cons of the different options, you can be an active participant in that decision-making. But if you aren't, it's much harder to choose what would be your actual choice for you, for your baby. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of informed pregnancy was came about because I would get questions all the time. Like, can you help me find a doctor who's VBAC friendly? I'm like, mm -hmm. what's a VBAC? And then you start to search what a VBAC is. And it's like, why aren't all doctors VBAC friendly? Like, it's, mm -hmm. what's the big deal? And the more you research into it, it's like, okay, this choice was taken off the table for a lot of people, and it doesn't seem like it shouldn't be those people's choice. Right. And so I would write about it and blog about it and eventually podcast about it and now stream about it. But the idea is just trying to compile that kind of information and to get it to people. So many people that come into the office early in pregnancy and just have no idea what options or choices there might be on things that are very important to them but they don't realize yet. And then you just go with the flow. You go with whatever your doctor, you know, wants whatever their choice would be, even mm -hmm. if it's not what your choice would be. Not because they're bad people, just because, you know, that's that's what they think is best for you. Or sometimes 
not because it's what they think is best for you, but what's best for them. You know, that's just a human thing. Like if I have two choices on how to provide a delivery for you and one's going to take a half an hour and one's going to take half a day, especially if I get paid the same for both, I want the one that's going to take a half an hour. Right. If insurance is going to pay for one thing, but not the other thing, or one thing carries a lot more liability for me, even though there's not a lot more risk for you, then maybe I won't want to attend your VBAC or your vaginal breach delivery or anything like that, or past going past 39 weeks or 40 weeks. Or there's just so many things. If you're going to be induced, how are you going to be induced? What are the methods of induction? When are you going to be induced? Why are you going to be induced? There's so many things. And that's the whole idea of informed pregnancy is to just try to compile information, make it easily digestible in whatever format you digest stuff, uh, whether it's a visual audio or or video, and to put it out there. Uh, my, my goal is for you to have an empowered birth experience, be able to make choices and be supported in the choices that you make. That's amazing and ideal for everybody. I mean, I can't even begin to count how many people I meet on this end after a pregnancy or after a birth where they feel like they didn't have a choice or their choices were taken away and how devastating that is to their mental health. It's just so rough. So, I mean, the service you're providing is really, really, really important. And I mean, you, you through the podcast and you're interviewing people. And can you say a little bit about how those interviews are structured? Because I think it's really cool. Uh, yeah, we have different types of interviews. Sometimes it's a professional like Dr. Cat, <laughs> um, sharing very important information from expertise and experience uh, with mental health and the perinatal experience. Or we have obstetricians on, we have nutritionists on, we have all sorts of different experts talking about everything from what is uh, placenta, how is it made, what's the normal anatomy, what are the variations or complications and how can you mitigate them. And then we do a lot of birth stories. And uh, in particular, we do before and after birth stories. So I'll interview somebody towards the end of pregnancy about their experience with pregnancy and what they're planning for birth. And then I'll interview them again shortly after they have the baby. And those are very popular episodes. And it's learning with that person what they learned through their experience of giving birth that oftentimes they couldn't have learned any other way and sharing that with us so we can learn too. And, you know, there's every kind of birth under the sun there at this point we're almost at 400 episodes and uh, a lot of celebrities actually listen to it and benefit from it and then they also in turn share their experiences and so it has a pretty far reach for that reason right that's awesome it's such a cool perspective to get because i mean nobody else is giving providing that a platform that provides that perspective and also you've expanded into streaming so what is that how do people access it and what's on there yeah, so it's Informed Pregnancy Plus, and you can access it at informedpregnancy.tv. It also has Informed Pregnancy Plus apps for Apple, Android, and Roku, so you can watch on any device, really. And anyone can try it for free. There's a, a free trial period for anybody who wants to access it and all-you-can-eat sort of buffet there. I have some of the iconic documentaries on there, like The Business of Being Born and Orgasmic Birth. I have my documentaries on there, like uh, Trial of Labor about VBAC and Heads Up about Breach Birth, and then just a ton of other video content documentaries that you've probably never heard of, just because they didn't have a great way to get out. Some of them are imported from other countries. Mm -hmm. um, a fascinating Japanese documentary called Prenatal Memory about what babies are aware of consciously before they come out. Oh. My gosh. Very powerful. And That's one of the amazing. cool applications of that is 
when you realize that they are aware of a lot and that you can have a conscious relationship with them before birth, then by the time you get to birth, you're not just shoving this thing through your pelvis out the other side, but it's a dance that you do together with them. And um, it's almost like when I go on a roller coaster with my kid and I hate roller coasters, I'm terrified of them, but I put on a smile and I go, woo, as if I'm having a good time because I want it to be good for them. Um, That's what parents do. And and it's a whole different experience when you're having birth that way versus uh, the other way. We have workshops on there. We have the whole mind body section with meditation, yoga, baby by Simone uh, workouts, uh, belly dance for birth. And there's just new stuff being added all the time. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Berlin, for all of this information. It's uh, I love chatting with you. You're a hilarious human. And also just I can hear the compassionate care that you give to people comes across uh, as well. And I appreciate all that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for the work that you do. And I feel like we're two pieces of the same puzzle, but like pieces close together that lock into each other and couldn't be more honored to be on a team with someone than with you. That's awesome. Thank you. Now I'm Mm going to cry. I'm going to go cry now. Uh, Oh, perfect. Mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being with us. You got it. You can go find all of the stuff that Dr. Berlin is doing at informedpregnancy.com, as well as find him on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Berlin. Make sure to subscribe to Informed Pregnancy Podcast and the Mom and Mind Podcast so you can get all the info you need to support you in your journey. And as always, you can find me at wellmindperinatal.com where you can have access to this podcast where I provide courses for people postpartum who are trying to figure out their journey into being a new mother as well as how to understand the signs or symptoms of a perinatal mental health condition and things that you can do about it. I totally agree with Dr. Berlin. Being informed and supported is the best way forward. So thank you for joining us. Until next time. Please find the Mom and Mind podcast on momandmind.com or wellmindperinatal.com, where you can also find access to my free online mini course that is specifically designed for people experiencing anxiety in the postpartum period. Or you can learn more about the three and a half hour self-paced course that I created just for managing postpartum stress. You can also connect with us on social media at Mom and Mind on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in and learning more about perinatal mental health. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.